This is Wonder Time. I'm Emmy. And I'm Audrey. This is a unique series that takes a perspective of investigating the world around us through the eyes of nature. We'll discover themes, tell fun stories, weave together facts, and pose ongoing questions to spark curiosity and wonder. Our first series is Life Through the Spectrum. Using science, art, examples in nature, and themes throughout human history, we will discover the amazing phenomena of the seven colors of the rainbow. Hi, Audrey. Hi, Amy. We've reached the end of the rainbow. Yes, we have. I'd say the gold lies in bonus episodes. We've got some exciting topics to cover. Yes, we are going to get into color groupings and color as a whole, trends and practical use of color. We might even have some conversation about light. Don't worry. We'll keep it fun and interesting as always, not overly sciencey and abstract. Yes, our bonus episodes have guests. And today for the complimentary colors episode, we have the one, the only, my sister, Claire Niveton. Hi. Hi, Claire. Hi, Hi Claire. I also want to add in that you're an artist, a potter, high school art teacher, and all around uniquely creative person. Thanks. And thanks for joining us, Claire. I know today we're going to talk about complementary colors, and I remember learning about that in school. That's been a long time ago now, so I would definitely love to hear more about what, what you have to share with us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And it's also great that you remember learning about that in school. <laughs> it makes me happy. You must have had a good art teacher. I don't remember learning about it at all. Um, yeah. I, I loved art growing up, so yes. Oh, good. So complementary colors, just like the word sounds, they quote unquote complement one another. The three complementary color pairs, red and green, orange and blue, yellow and purple, have the strongest contrast and harmony when paired together. So they're bold, vibrant, and play off of uh, one another's intensity. You know, this isn't anything that I've made up, obviously. That is kind of what I tell my students in the beginning, and it's easy to remember them because they're opposite of each other on the color wheel, so you can point them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Nice. I notice a lot of sports teams and stuff use complementary colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, school yeah. Col- yeah, school colors. Christmas colors are red and green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, my college colors were orange and blue. Go Dutch. Uh-huh. Yep. Our, our football team, Broncos, orange and blue, too. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite WNBA team growing up, the Los Angeles Sparks, yellow and purple. Right. <laughs> I think the L.A. Lakers are also yellow and purple, too, but I didn't care about them as much. (laughs) Yeah, you see that a lot in sports colors. Yeah. Is there other other places that you see complementary colors used a lot? Just in general, like when I'm teaching painting and we're looking at nature, anytime you want to make a color darker when mixing paint, you actually add its complementary color pair. So, I mean, we see it all the time where you don't even recognize it. So, like, if I'm trying to make green on a pine tree, a deeper green, you would add red, it's complementary color pair. I think oftentimes students or people, when they want to make something darker, they think adding black, but um, that can actually make the color look weird. Like for example, if you were to add black to yellow, it Mm -hmm. can actually make it green. But if you were to add purple to yellow, it would make it brown, so darker. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of fun to um, 
teach that with painting because you can see it right away like when I'm teaching painting in the beginning and learning about color wheels. So if you want to make a color darker, add its complementary color pair. And it makes it more on the brown spectrum. So if you were to mix equal parts of the complementary color pairs, you would make brown. Okay. What about pastels then? Uh, white to lighten it. Okay. Make it pastel would be white. How do primary colors fit into it? I know like red and yellow and blue are primary colors, right? So does that have anything to do with the complementary colors or? Well, they all have a complementary color. Well, I guess the primary colors fit with the secondary colors. Like each primary color has a secondary color that's its color pair Mm. that are opposite. So just coming out of going through the rainbow, I have to like go through this in my head. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So red is paired with green. Orange is paired with blue. Yellow is paired with purple. Okay, so, so vi- that's where... Or violet. Yeah, so indigo. But that's where it gets funny in the rainbow anyway, because indigo is kind of this mysterious color that's kind of like a dark blue, kind of like a purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, well, it's the color in between purple and blue. It's called a tertiary color. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But it's on, it's in the rainbow, but not the main part of the color wheel because you don't really usually learn about the tertiary colors like when I say that word for the first time students are like what what's tertiary <laughs> and it's it's like that yellow green color my favorite color chartreuse and indigo that purple blue orangish red uh, which can kind of be a scarlet color I guess what about like turquoise like yeah. Tertiary color? yeah yeah uh-huh yeah. between between blue and green yeah teal yeah. turquoise yeah uh-huh that's a tertiary color but I, I didn't really know much of the science on complementary color pairs, actually, until you guys said you wanted to interview me. And so I actually looked up the science behind the complementary colors. And, you know, we have different types of photoreceptor cells in our eyes, mm-hmm. which contribute yeah. to color vision and how we perceive colors and different types of light in the color spectrum. So there are different ones that stimulate different parts of the eye for each color. And so the complementary color pairs have different types of photoreceptor cells, I think if I'm saying it right, that is the reason why we see them, like the scientific reason why we see them Hmm. as complementary. There's tests, I can't remember the name of scientists that actually came up with these tests that show like if you have a light shining through a piece of white paper and say it's a purple light, the shadow that'll be casted onto through the white paper will be a yellowish color shadow. Yeah. Whereas if it's a green light, it could be like a deep reddish color shadow. So they have actually tested different light and how it casts a shadow ends up making that complementary color pair. Because it goes through white, which is kind of like the prism in a way, what Isaac Newton did when he discovered the seven colors with through the prism. And it was Isaac Newton who came up with a complimentary color wheel, right? I believe it was. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Yeah, that sounds right. Or um, is it Benjamin Thompson? He was the other, I think it's Benjamin Thompson, a physicist. Yeah, it was Benjamin Thompson, mm. the physicist, who also came up with that idea of if you have a light coming through. Well, I was reading about it just a little bit before this conversation just to kind of get some ideas. And one thing I found really interesting is that there's like geometry in the color wheel, mm-hmm. the way they match up. And I, I don't know, I just thought that was pretty fascinating that mm-hmm. it can go into like math and stuff <laughs> yeah when I'm having my students create color wheels they're essentially creating a wheel circle and then it's 30 degree angles between each one because 
to fit all the colors in. You have to have 30 degrees for each one. And they get frustrated when they can't do it. <laughs> well, and I'm like, okay, this is the art teacher teaching you a little bit of math. Let's yeah. 180 <laughs> divided into 30 degrees. <laughs> nice. So there is math involved. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a theory. It's not color theory. It's actually what we have as human beings have noticed and picked up over the centuries and millennia of like how we like to use color, how it actually shows up in science and nature, because you were talking about the harmony and the contrast. What I find interesting about it is I, I don't it might just be me personally, but I don't enjoy actually I'm not attracted to like those colors together. Mm-hmm. I think red and green in a way, just because I'm used to it with Christmas. To me, yellow and purple is a little like harsh to the eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think it can also depend on the hue of the color or like the tone of the color as well. Like how how dark or light the color is uh, can be more attractive. So I think of like a more warm shade of yellow, which is going to be on closer to the red end of the spectrum rather than the green. So when I say warm, it's going towards red, which is a warmer color than green is a cool color. So if it's more on the orange kind of yellowy color, then it's going to look a lot nicer next to purple, if you can visualize okay. that. Okay. So Our... sometimes it depends on the hue. Yeah. And there's more than one kind of yellow. There's like a lemon yellow, which is more of a bright, cool yellow. And then there's uh, a deeper like cadmium yellow, which is closer to like cadmium red. So it's more warm yellow. Overall, are red, orange, and yellow the warmer colors? And then yeah. green, mm-hmm. blue, violet are more cooler? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't it kind of the complementary colors? They make each color stand out more. So maybe you wouldn't use that necessarily like in every part of your painting, but maybe like the part you wanted to highlight or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like if you look at famous paintings like um, Van Gogh used a lot of complementary color pairs, like mm-hmm. in his self-portrait, he used a lot of blue to portray his you know, his face in the background and then he'd add orange in to complement the blue. So yeah, they, they complement each other and it's, I don't know, it's hard to like really say why. <laughs> just, just like why I guess what scientists have studied and just going back to like the actual science of the different types of photoreceptor cells that we use to see those colors. Yeah, they're the opposites. And so opposites attract that idea of opposite photoreceptor cells. That example of the Van Gogh portrait that he did of himself, I'm visualizing that. And the oranges, they're all more on the subtle side, right? Right. They're lighter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And the blue is mm-hmm. the is the blue darker? Uh-huh. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a dark blue, but he's lightened it, like almost made it a pastel-y blue. Mm. Yeah. Because you at first glance a person might not even realize they're looking at orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I remember about it in a right. way. And then and you look like, at it closer and you realize like, wow, he put oranges in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a brownish orange too, like it's like a sienna brown, which is close to orange. And then he did other. I mean, he's he did like over two hundred self portraits in his lifetime, but that's the one I was thinking of. He did other ones too that are matching color or complementary color pairs. Mm-hmm. Another piece I like to think of a lot too is um, Henry Matisse's dance. It's called the dance, I think, where they're holding all the bodies, are holding arms, and going around in a mm-hmm. circle. 
And their bodies are orange and the background is blue. That's another one yeah. too, where imagery colors. But I think you're right. It's definitely the hue, like certain hues. Like to me, my two favorite colors are red and teal together, which that's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the exact red and green. It's red with a, you know, a cooler green. A tertiary color. Yes, a tertiary color. Uh-huh. That's a mouthful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I might be dropping some consonant vowels yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things we like to look at in this podcast is where we find things in nature. So I was just thinking, like, where do you see complementary colors in nature? And there's this house near us that we walk by all the time that has this really beautiful vine that's a really dark green leaf with a red flower. And so it like really, every time we walk by it, I'm like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. It just pops out. But I don't feel like you see that otherwise that much in nature. Like the sky is blue. I don't know what you would see that's orange in the sky. Uh-huh. Well, maybe that's <laughs> why orange sunsets stand oh, out true. so yeah. much. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah, I was thinking sunsets, sunrises. And then I think, like, right now, fall colors are really popping. And just mm-hmm. last week when I was out on a hike, I was thinking about, wow, it's so beautiful. And I think because you're seeing the orange leaves, the red leaves, and then some leaves were so deep red that they were purple-ish. So like, it's like yeah. that purple and yellow, but a deep, deep purple. And then, of course, red with the green pine trees. Mm-hmm. But I and think you ha- seeing it in nature yeah. is more, for me, how to deepen any to make that actual nature green. It's not just green straight from the tube. It's green with a little bit of red in it. So mm-hmm. nature has made the complementary color pairs <laughs> yeah. with, by adding it, the other color to it because it's not just straight red or straight green. It definitely has that other color mixed in with it. That's cool. I'm trying to think of other examples. Probably even clothing design to some extent too. I remember you guys were talking about how yellow isn't a popular clothing color to buy. Um, yeah. But I'm sure there's something clothing when they're designing it of putting colors certain colors together i guess i could look at my shirt (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. well this red on my shirt has like a orangish you know it's a warmer color red with blue maybe yeah it's like a turquoise blue with a red Uh orange Uh it makes me realize how many different color combinations there are like when we think of red we think of just one type of red but there's so many different hues like you said so many different variations of them. Do you notice that any of the combination of complementary colors tend to be used in some ways more than others or for certain reasons? Just because we talk so much about the characteristics of color in our episodes and I'm wondering like how the color combinations if there's tendencies for how they're used. Well, it's interesting as you're saying that, I mean, because um, like I know orange is a color of hunger and and then blue is a color that actually is supposed to diminish hunger. So it's kind of funny. They like. Oh, that's like Burger King. They gate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Burger King. Mm -hmm. It's blue and and orange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also split complementary colors, too, that I forgot. That's something that I talk about, too, in my classes where you make this triad of colors that are said to look nice next to each other. So if you visualize the color wheel and you know you have red at the top, so you could have red 
and then you split it into a triangle so the opposite of it would be green so that on either side you can have those tertiary colors which is like chartreuse and then teal or turquoise yeah so those are also something that's used in color theory too is split complementary color pairs so you have four colors it's three it makes a triangle so you could do it with any color so any color you want to split to a split complementary color so if you were doing blue you know cross it you would have orange but then on either side you'd have yellow or reddish orange okay yeah Yeah. so that's also maybe fits in with being more like you were saying i don't really feel like these colors actually complement one another maybe that's more what you're visualizing Mm. is the split complementary colors well, I am seeing, though, as since we talk about it, how it does work. I mean, I'm thinking of, like, you know, my college colors, red, uh, orange, and blue, and how it's just so, like, wham and bright <laughs> and bold and kind of, like, a little annoying to my eyes. It's just so bright and so bold. But that's done on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it is not always like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely notice it in the fall when things really pop. Yeah. Or one of my favorite colors that nature makes in the winter time when you're looking up at the mountains the pine trees turn like a deep deep blue so it's blue with a lot of orange in it to make Mm. it deep Um, it's one of my favorite colors and I think the contrast against the snow that it makes against the white snow is really pretty Um, but you do almost see like an orangish tint the snow then when you're looking at it which I've Mm. never really thought about until now I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes open now as I go about my days, like looking at colors and like, um, I'm sure I'll be finding those color combinations. Yeah, it sounds kind of silly, but something I tell my students is, well, how how do, when they ask me and they're painting something, they ask me, how do I know what colors are in that? And I say, well, look at it. Like what, (laughs) but really though, it sounds stupid, but like, look at it. And what do you, like, what colors do you see? Like think of the whole color wheel and cause you really like you see it, you just haven't Mm -hmm. trained your eye or brain to pick them up, but um, to stop and look at something because you know, when they'll ask me, how do you make a skin tone color? How do you make this pine color? It's like, well, you, you look at it and what colors do you see in there? And then you start mixing them together and play around with it. But it is kind of school, cool because like even to make skin tone, it takes almost every color, like because there's a lot of blue and green and yellow and, and red, mm-hmm. which, you know, complementary colors, red and green are going to make brown. So obviously, you know, skin tone and then you lighten it or darken it depending on what skin tone you're looking for but that's that's the mystery of color mm-hmm. right there it's like there's so much color in things and uh-huh. we kind of take we kind of largely take it for granted unless we're invested in color because of a career or an interest or something yeah and we all see color differently too yeah I was trying to explain that to my five-year-old friend we were on spring break last year in moab and the trails when you're on the slick rock trails they are marked by colors and the trail we're on had purple markers on it and i was like oh we're following the purple markers and he said no those are blue and i said (laughs) oh you think they're blue he goes i know they're blue (laughs) and i was like huh wow, that's interesting because I think they're purple. And he's like, no, they're blue. You're wrong. And I was like, well, actually, we all see colors differently. And he didn't want to believe me, of course, because he was right. But I was like trying to get through to a five-year-old that we all see colors differently. 
not <laughs> not very successful. <laughs> but it, it'll, t- like, it'll take a few years. Yeah, yeah. But it was just kind of fascinating to me because who knows if he was really seeing that as blue or if he was just wanting to play the devil's advocate. Well, that's like the the social media those dresses that were like famous all over a while ago where, you know, some people saw it as gold and blue and some people saw it as, I don't remember exactly, but it was like split down the middle of how you saw the dress. It's pretty interesting. It makes us realize like what we perceive. We, t- we, we think we perceive things a certain way and that's the way it is, but mm-hmm. maybe there's more to it. Yeah. There's tests where you can hold up a blue sheet of paper and you stare at it for like 10 seconds and then you move it away and behind it's a white wall. And it's supposedly the first color you see is orange because that's the opposite of the photoreceptors, right? Like going back to the scientific side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's gotta how you... be the same thing as, as shining the blue light through a white piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun things you can do with colors and complementary colors but yeah so it's it's everywhere like we see all these science examples of like why they are complementary colors and then we see examples of it in nature and how it makes a painting like van gogh's portraits so attractive Mm -hmm. not to mention his skill yeah (laughs) and that he really did have red hair so orange you know (laughs) just could add blue and just make it work (laughs) (laughs) thanks claire for being with us today this was I learned a lot. Yeah, thank you so much, Claire. Really, really fascinating. Well, you're welcome. If anyone has any questions or ideas, they can email in to wondertimepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. We'll catch you next time. Okay, bye for now. There's so much more to color than meets the eye. And in case you're wondering... We know that it's bold of us to take on such a visual topic through the auditory medium of a podcast. We hope that our words are able to paint a picture that will tantalize your imagination and get your wheels turning about the fascinating world of color. 